Jamie, uh, have you ever heard that joke about, um, you know, why at uh, university faculty meetings the debates are so heated? I don't think I have. Yeah, so the punchline is because there's so little at stake. <laughs> and uh, there's another joke or, you know, like this, you know, a quip that is, you know, uh, that we have heard because we are consultants, we've heard, I'm sure, many times, which is those who can do those who can't teach and those who can't teach consult, right? <laughs> and so, you know, the, the, but the, the uh, you know, if, if humor is speaking to the truth there, the idea is that uh, there is, you know, a world, of, it's about a value judgment between saying, you know, the world where there is talking is not necessarily as valuable of the world of actually doing, even if you don't have fancy words to wrap around the doing. And I think that set of questions is something that we're going to get at today. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, you know, while we're talking into a podcast, uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're probably uh, uh, dismantling our own, our own show, but love it. Yeah. yeah why not? Right. When you but, see the Buddha in the road, kill him. I yeah. Think a, yeah. So good so, mantra as well. So the fundamental uh, aspect here is, is, that where is the answer, right? Where do we find the answer? And so that's really, that brings us to, uh, you know, episode six of Happy Heuristics, shock-resistant leader routines and rules of thumb for a complex world. So the whole point of this podcast is to explore heuristics uh, that, that'll help us operate in a fast, complex uh, world, uh, do so with more consistency, uh, more speed, uh, uh, more comfort uh, and confidence as we offer heuristics or rules of thumb that help help leaders operate in a in a VUCA world, uh, mm -hmm. volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And mm -hmm. so, it uh, brings us to uh, our theme um, this episode of what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and uh, so as we dig into this, uh, I think are the heuristics that we both chosen kind of come from our own perspectives and come from different angles, but. But uh, let, let's, let's check it out and see if, uh, you know, they might be saying the same thing in different words or maybe they're saying something a little bit different, but we'll, we'll explore that. So the heuristic I want to bring to the table, Jamie, is uh, if it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. And here's where I saw this, you know, in, uh, in South Carolina, there's a, I can't remember what it's called, but, you know, there's a, there's a Vietnam, uh, you know, in the harbor, you've got these uh, ships. I'm really doing a good job of describing this. <laughs> you've got these uh, Navy, retired Navy ships. A, a, a uh, what the hell is it called? We have an aircraft carrier. Uh, 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 yeah, I guess it's an aircraft carrier, right? Yep. It's amazing. And then next to the uh, aircraft carrier on shore, they've got this replica of of uh, what would have been like a, a U.S. Army outpost in Vietnam. Okay. And so they took all these artifacts from Vietnam and uh, created this thing where you can go through and they've got, you know, sound effects. And I, I found it moving and interesting and useful. But one of these artifacts was on a mess hall. They had, you know, sort of like a set of heuristics for, they didn't call them that, but a set of heuristics or rules of thumb uh, for, uh, you know, that soldiers would read going in and out of the mess hall. And one of them was, if it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. And, and, and I think the premise of that is that, you know, the test of success is what happens in empirical reality. 
and that uh, I could imagine that if you were part of a bureaucratic institution like the, the military, US military or any military, that there are gonna be things that you're gonna be told that should work in theory and things that you're gonna be told are stupid and that uh, it's, it's more important for uh, what, what actually works, even if it's quote unquote stupid, uh, is the thing that, uh, that, that you should go with. Uh, you know, another example of that is something that uh, uh, Nassim Taleb wrote about in, in Anti-Fragile, which was like the green lumber problem. And the green lumber problem was that there was this commodity trader who uh, you know was seen as someone who was not that bright because he uh, because he uh, traded all this lumber and it became known at some point that he actually thought green lumber that he was involved in trading meant lumber that had been painted green as opposed to lumber that just hadn't dried right right what a moron right <laughs> apparently uh, uh, but. He actually made a ton of money, and uh, and and a guy who wrote a book called you know how I lost a million dollars said I looked at that guy like he was a dummy. I had all these you know I was doing all this real complex modeling and went broke in the process, but boy I mean my stuff looked really impressive. So this guy didn't know that green lumber meant what it actually means. But apparently he did have some expertise. Apparently he did have some practical know-how that did make him successful. And even if that wasn't accessible, uh, you know, if you look stupid, but you're making it work, you're not stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, it's easy to outsmart ourselves, right? And, right. and our, our ability to, uh, you know, this is why I, I love startups that have teams is I don't think there's any problem that's everybody, somebody has all the knowledge they need, Yep. right? So you put a team together, you're more likely to have more knowledge. And so the point is we can't understand everything. We're just, it's just not part of the human condition is to understand why everything works. It's too complex. And so stop trying to, right? Yeah. Stop, stop trying to call that thing stupid. It, it, it just works, right? Yeah. And there's websites that you look at and go, that shouldn't work, but it, but it does. And people like it and, and therefore it's successful. And, and so we, we all have these, these examples. One, one comes to mind, which is also a stupid example, but I enjoy a good whiskey cocktail. And I saw one recipe for something that, that included putting black pepper on top. I'm like, well, that's, wow. that's just crazy. Yeah. Boy, it doesn't work. It works really well yeah. for that particular cocktail. And, and so it's all sorts of things where you look at something and go, that's, that's stupid. But that's the intellectual response, not the practical response, which is, does it actually work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so in terms, though, of, uh, you know, applications and limitations, one, uh, one thing uh, that I, I've been hearing a lot more recently, and I'm, and I'm fond of saying in uh, agile environments, you know, an, an agile principle is it's better for something to exist in a, it's better, it's better for something to exist in a flawed physical state than a perfect theoretical state. Yes. Because uh, only the uh, former, the flawed physical state permits learning, right? right. I mean, and so, you know, uh, 
I think in a lot of organizations right now where, you know, like agile terminology is like, you know, uh, becoming more popular, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about what minimum viable product means. And it's sort of been divorced from, you know, what, what, uh, what's his face, Eric, what's his face wrote in Lean Startup. But the idea isn't, you know, minimum viable product means like, what's the sloppiest thing you can get away with? It's about what is the thing that we can do that creates some value with the least amount of effort that gives us some validated learning. And that was the language you used, validated learning. And, 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 and the idea being, you can think you're doing something really smart, uh, spending six months coming up with a plan, and it's better to get out there with a the thing that gives you the opportunity for some validated learning. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I, I think that's the you know the, the fundamental idea. And I, I remember when I was in in college, I was doing an internship for a research center, um, uh, and, and it all had to do with macrobiophalling control, and uh, it was also all sorts of fancy stuff. But you know, we had the math, right? we had the models, we had the math, we knew what the math was, we knew what the theory was. But then I, you know, to we don't really know how it's going to work. And so I ended up, we had a, a one thirty-second scale model of the East River in New York and we're modeling heat exchangers and how certain chemicals would use boundary layer theory and, and, and how it would actually deploy in this complex thing. And, and, and so you can do all the modeling you want. Models are based on what we know. Mm-hmm. They're not based on what we don't know. Yeah. Theories are based on what we what we think we know, not based on what we don't know, or what we think we know that we that we're wrong about, and, and that's where uh, that's where those those tests come in come in really handy. Is mm-hmm. you know, I spent a lot of time doing experiments to kind of show well here's 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 where the math works and here's where the math doesn't. Okay, so before we talk about you know limitations on this, I mean, have we just sort of worked our way into uh, your heuristic? We, we, we kind of have, we kind of have, it's, 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 uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to be identical, but it, but, it, but it almost is. So should we, should we explore yeah. that one? Yeah, let's go there and then we can hit the limitations of it. Okay. So, uh, so my heuristic, uh, and I, I, I kind of say it more often, not as a heuristic, more as a, as a practice, but the heuristic is reality is the arbiter of what works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and test to learn is the behavior. Right? Okay. So, All right. So test to learn, which is a lot of what you were talking about, is let's go let's go test something, right? Yeah. And and so that that's the behavior, that's the action, that's the outcome uh, that I want people to adopt. But the the fundamental and and why I like arbiter of the of 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 what works is that you know we sit in a conference room and we debate and we argue and we talk about it and okay now we're treading the same ground and we're saying the same reasons why we think something will or won't work yeah we'll never know yeah we'll never know until we go out and figure out what tests we can do and 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 see what reality tells us and um and so what i'm really looking for in that in that rule is not not put the idea out there uh, not put, not develop the full solution and put it out, and then you know, okay, if as long as nobody comes to us and tells us there's a problem, we're okay. It's actually deliberately testing uh, for the sake of learning, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and and especially sometimes it's test both ideas, right? Oh, your idea, you right. like your idea, I like my idea. Yeah. Let's test both. Yeah. Right? Now, now that requires some 
some temporary, you know, some temporary measures and and uh, doing some some things that from a from a straight line business sense might not make sense. So I'll, I'll use an example from a, an entrepreneur. So I like to uh, uh, I love investing in startups, and I've done that for a long time. I also mentor entrepreneurs at the university level, and I was I, I was judging uh, judging a, a competition, and I, I remember someone showing me what they did. Right, their product, and I won't go into the specific example, but their product and how successful he is at selling it. Mm-hmm. And he was a really likable guy. And you're like, is it your product or is it you? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we know that your product is really good? Or are you really good? Yeah. It's like, here, here's how you want to find out. Even though you don't need to hire somebody to scale yet, hire somebody for a weekend. Right. And you sit in the back of the booth and watch them sell. Right. And maybe they can't sell as good as you can, but if they can sell, now you know if the product is saleable. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, maybe it is you. Yeah. Right. But right now you're sitting there, you don't know, right? And I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know if your idea is good. It, it sounds like it might not be, um, but I can tell that you're a pretty good salesperson. How do I separate those two facts? Well, reality is going to be. I need to put that into reality. We can argue why his product is great or why he's not that great a salesman all we want. What test to learn can we do? How do we get reality to tell us what the truth really is? And right. so that's what that's what the person did. And it turns out was, both were a little true, right? Yeah, right. But his right. product actually had, had had some validity behind it. Right, right. That's yeah, that's a, that's a great story. So um, should we talk about limitations? Yeah, I, I, so so there's a first one that comes to mind for me um, that's related to mine, and and it actually both reinforces the principle, but also also um, suggests its limitations. And and I, I know we've brought up Carl von Clausewitz yeah, uh, yeah. before in in the podcast, but you know he's the he's the father or the godfather of strategy. He was a, a general and, and a war strategist. But, but he was really the one who, who said that, that your battle plan rarely survives first contact with the enemy. Um, that, that is both support of the idea that your, your battle plan is just a theory mm-hmm. and you need to put it up against the enemy. The other thing is you can't take that back. Right. 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 And that's sort of the limitations. It's not, it, it's being prepared to learn, but you can't test to learn. Yeah. Because it's point. not, you know, you, you can't see how, I mean, we try to, right? We, we. We have simulated uh, war, war games. We have simulated battles. You pretend to be the enemy, but they're pretending to be the enemy, right? right? right. You don't really know how they're going to react. And so the full experiment can't be done without doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so there are, there are limitations to test to learn where we, we really can't put it up against reality to be the arbiter of the truth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to come at it from a little different angle on, uh, on a limitation, especially going, particularly going back to the, you know, that framing of if, if it, uh, stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. Cause I think part of what we have to remember is, um, you know, uh, it's what's the time horizon by judging whether something works, right? We, we've talked about resulting which uh and and annie duke and that idea that you know you can play poker perfectly and and still lose a hand and you can 
play badly and still luck out and win. And so, you know, part of it is how many hands do you have to play before you know if something actually, uh, you know, quote unquote works or not, even if it seems stupid, right? So, you know, like, uh, you know, an example for me, I mean, like, uh, uh, go off on a, on a, a bit of a, a, a rabbit hole potentially, but you know, like, uh, 15 Bitcoin's been around for 15 years, like 15 years ago, I looked at that, didn't bother to read the white paper, but 15 years ago, <laughs> I looked at that, heard it just superficial. I'm like, that's stupid. That's really stupid. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, and then I waited until it was $25,000, <laughs> you know, or more to, you know, before I, you know, actually read it and, and figured it out, but also part of, so that thing that's stupid, I think, but to me, Bitcoin has been around long enough where this thing that seems stupid, not just to me, but a lot of people superficially, uh, I think there's a solid argument to say, it, you know, it might seem stupid, but it works. So it's not stupid. Right. On the other hand, you know, I'm going to look like a, you know, like a Luddite boomer here, but like non-fungible tokens, I don't understand this at all. I don't understand it at all. And one could say, well, it's working. I mean, people are spending money on it, a ton of money on it. And I'm still going to say, yeah, but, or it could be resulting, or it could just be, you know, randomness, or it could just be something else where really, if there's no use case for it, uh, that this thing is actually going to burn itself out. So I'm, I, I'm saying that, that, you know, one could lump it into the category, you know, maybe there's things about gaming or applications that I don't know. Maybe, you know, this will, uh, you know, maybe what I'm saying now won't age well, but I'm not willing to say yet that NFTs fit in the category of uh, if it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid because I don't think there's been enough time to test that. Yeah, there certainly hasn't been. Um, and, and, uh, and well, we don't want to turn this into about being about NFTs. I'll, I'll take the other approach. Okay. Right. Which is, I think, I think there will be a future for NFTs. I think it'll make Bitcoin look like, uh, look like a toy. Um, but, but the use case and the conditions are not yet developed. Okay. Right. And so there, there are people that are sort of explaining things that around how they can become digital contracts. And, and so let's say you're an artist and it's not, a lot of it is around art right now. So that's, that's why the use case, and that's a fairly limited use case. Right. right? Only, right. I mean, market art is a big market. It's not all the markets, but if I, uh, if, if I sell a, um, uh, if I sell a painting for X amount of dollars, well, it might not make a lot of money until the third sale. But if I have a digital contract connected to that painting, then I, can I get a portion of like the third sale? Mm -hmm. right? right, 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 yeah. And, and so I think there's, there's, there's ways to protect intellectual property. There's ways to track things over time. You know, how do we end counterfeit products and all high-end value items? I think there's a lot of use cases that are just just not developed yet, but this takes so. But again, without going to making this podcast about NFTs, that's not the heuristic, nor nor the the podcast. But turning to the 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 uh, the rules under which this works, these rules work and don't work. I think you have to have clear learning objectives. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and so, you know, if I look at NFTs and go, you know, is should I invest or not? Well, I think that's not a very good learning objective. 
Right. 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 So it might be. I mean, that might be the 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 learning objective that that I'm after, but I'm not sure it's a great one. Yeah. It. If my learning objective is why does it work and how could it be used, that's a, a, a different learning objective in this particular case. Yeah, absolutely. So is any particular, is any NFT uh, worth what someone else has paid for it? I'm, I'm still going to say no on that. <laughs> is something very interesting going to come out of NFTs? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say for sure. But that's the difference in the orient. Yeah, but you're right. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's how you look at the experiment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. how you look at yeah. the experiment. And so test to learn requires just like, not just throw stuff out there and see what happens. It's like, what's the learning objective, right? Yeah. What, what am I trying to learn from this particular experiment? And, and, and I'm not trying to test all of reality, right? But what, what basis of reality am I trying to test? And, yeah. and so that, that's where you get back to a clear learning objective. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and I and and that and that were were uh, between uh, this Bitcoin maximalist and uh, and uh, you young folks and your NFTs. I think that's something we can agree on. The uh, uh, the, uh, the, the 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 there is definitely going to be there's definitely going to be uh, learning that there's no there there's enough momentum there that. Uh, People who are investing may not be the people who learn, but there's definitely going to be learning to be extracted from what is happening in that space. Right. And now this is a big, you know, world-changing kind of kind of objective. But I, the, these these heuristics of you know if it's stupid and it works, it's it's not stupid, uh, and reality is the arbiter of, of the of the truth. They they apply to mundane things too, right? And so uh, an example that comes to mind just because I've, I've talked about this more recently as, as especially people live in a Zoom world and every meeting's an hour and that was already pretty true before the pandemic. It's more true now. But, you know, I love like 18-minute meetings and, you know, 27-minute yeah. meetings and things like that. And you're like, well, you know, just setting a different number makes the meeting more focused and more productive. Hmm. Well, that shouldn't be true. Right, right, right. But it is. That's awesome. Right? That's we've a great example. We've all experienced that. We've seen that happen. We can we can explain theories. Yeah. But the theories are kind of weak. Yeah. Right? Around why that's true, and um, but in the end, it works. Who cares? Right. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Our ability to narcissistically come up with the explanation, which humans are wired to do, is yeah. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, same. And it's sort of irrelevant. Exactly. It is yeah. irrelevant. And that's the yeah. thing is that, you know, putting odd times around meetings uh, is effective at making meetings more focused and structured. Who cares why? Right? Yeah. It, it, the, the evidence, the reality, uh, the truth suggests that it's, it's not stupid because mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, I think we've we made we our piece with up. this. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Good, good, good. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we hope that uh, there's been some food for thought here. And we uh, hope that you will rate us and review us and, and uh, uh, let others know about uh, what we're up to at uh, Happy Heuristics Podcast. Yeah, and you can, you can find us on, on, on most of your favorite uh, podcast uh, platforms. Uh, you can find our websites at jflinch.com, Happy Heuristics, or mgstrat.com, Happy Heuristics. Um, and so uh, uh, 
please reach out to us on those platforms as well. And we always like to end with a with a simple bonus heuristic. So what do you have for us today, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it's an oldie but a goodie. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't major in the minors. Yeah, it's a pretty good book too, but a uh, good one to end on. Yes, yeah. thanks. thanks.